Um, but I'm Wendy Murdoch. I've been hosting a series of webinars. Um, they have been just absolutely fabulous. I get to connect with my friends and, and have a nice chat, and um, they've been really educational. If you haven't been watching any of the webinars or you missed some of them, you can find them all on my YouTube channel, Surefoot Equine, so just go there, and I've made a little playlist for the webinars, and you can see all the ones we've done so far. Tonight, my guest is Felicitas von Neumann-Cosell, and she is a Grand Prix dressage rider and trainer from Maryland. Um, she is at First Choice Farm, and I had the pleasure of meeting you about three years ago, I think it was. Um, Carolyn told yeah. me about you and, um, and had me and said, go and see Felicitas. So um, just to start, why don't you just give us a little bit about your background, because there might be some people that, that haven't been introduced to you yet. Well, I was born in Germany and raised there and went through the apprenticeship program to become a professional rider and ended up working for PSI, Performance Sales International, after I had taken my first uh, test. And with them, I came over to the States, actually, and joined Robert Dover, went with him to the Olympics in LA and been here ever since. Actually at First Choice Farm, it's 36 years this year in April. So it's a long time at the same place and it speaks for the people who are there, the owner and the atmosphere. It's a lovely place. I'm very happy to be there. And I've always had the opportunity there to train, not just with the pressure of having to go to competition and perform, but really to train to try to make the horse a better and more confident athlete. And so my journey kind of went down many routes with lots of people who put input and taught me things about biomechanics of the horse and the rider and martial horsemanship people telling me about the horse's personalities and how you can help them to deal with certain situations. And that's how I came upon the Surefoot Pads, actually Caroline, that you had mentioned as a common student of ours and she showed them to me and she gave me a bag and I took them away and I didn't really know what to do with it. <laughs> so we had a horse that was a little bit more complicated and I thought, well, oh, you know, Wendy is in Virginia. Maybe I can talk her into coming and seeing us. And that's how this whole thing started. And I know the first time you came uh, I saw a difference in the horses and I wasn't sure exactly how to put it all together. And then I had a horse that was even more difficult. He was really a horse that carried so much tension that with all the dressage input and body work and um, natural horsemanship, I really couldn't get him to settle and relax the way that I wanted to. And I thought, mm. I'm going to reach out to Wendy one more time. And you made the drive again. And we worked with that horse and you left me the set. And once I had the set of the pads, I um, started going ahead and basically using them on all the horses. And that's how I got very intrigued by watching what would happen and how the horses responded and new horses and horses in strange places. And so I've used them in multiple situations. Very exciting, very fun. Yeah, uh, but Felicitas, it sounds to me like from just that I, when I've talked to people that um, you're what uh, some people refer to as an early adopter. 
In other words, when you see a new idea, you know, a lot of people see a new idea and go, oh, they scoff at it or something. Um, but I think you and I are similar in that regard is that we see something new and embrace it and just experiment yeah. with it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very true. And I just feel that we don't have enough uh, communication with the horse on enough different levels to help them. Really riding only takes us that far. And when you start working with horses on the ground, horses don't lie. If they have an issue, a problem physically or mentally with something, this will come out on the ground or when you ride them, when you handle them. And so to have another modality that can help us in that way, like as Shurfoot Pads did, um, I was intrigued enough to give it a try. And it honestly was the horses that told me this is great. Yeah. And when you have that little feel for it, I have people asking me, they said, so how do you do it? And the, for me, that was really not a recipe. You can't just say the first day you do this, you introduced me in a great way. You showed me certain things. Uh, if it doesn't work here, try there. And if this pad doesn't work, then try the other. But otherwise, you didn't give me a uh, basically a standard to follow. And some people have a hard time. They want to be told you do A, B, C, D, and sometimes it doesn't work that way. And so I didn't have a problem with experimenting. And then very quickly, the horses told me. And really, what they've told me on the pads is part of maybe sometimes where they have an issue like we, we have a, a one picture in our slideshow where you can see the front legs of the horse and the one leg you can see all the veins sticking out on and this horse actually had a tendon issue on that leg and i had another experience with a horse that started to have a breathing issue and before we actually found it under saddle when she was sitting, standing on the pads, she would start to breathe extremely deep and extremely heavy, more than the normal deep breathing. And at first we thought, oh, look how relaxed she is. And then we started to realize, oh no, she's really pushing air. So there were some interesting discoveries like that. And there were a lot of discoveries for me about the horse's mental change when they are on the pads and like you have always said it it's a little bit almost like a reset i i've had a horse that had a lot of uh, spooking issues and again i have really approached it with natural horsemanship with desensitizing all the things that we do know and of course putting the horse in the aids as a dressage rider it's always you know so-called people like talking about that and it was difficult and sometimes I had to put too much pressure and when you put too much pressure the horse gets more nervous so then you realize now you're painting yourself in the corner what am I going to do with it and when I used the pads on him regularly I really could tell and I have to tell the viewers here I my horses stand on the pads every day before I get on they stand on the pads that is a huge amount of work and time and I don't do it all myself but it is so worth it that we adapted for it. And I have to say that at this point, we actually opted to have less horses at the barn so we could take the time to put every horse on the pads. But so when I put this horse on the pads every day, 
I could also feel like if one day I had pushed too far and I'm going like, oh, maybe I took some steps backwards, putting him on the pads helped me to almost reset him and I didn't end up with the tension that maybe I expected that when I get on from the day before. And I started using them in different environment. I would take the pads with me to the horse show. And what was very interesting is that after trailering, how the horses would have a harder time standing on the pads. And again, we have a slideshow where you can see how the horses are out in the aisle at the show where they're standing and they're completely relaxed. And, and it's almost the reset button there. You get to the show and the horse can find itself again. And I have a little story about that. And I have that I took to a nice symposium with um, uh, Huberto Schmidt a couple of years ago and our stabling was unfortunate because there were mares and foals close and that stallion was really up and the first day I tried to put him on the pads and he wouldn't stand for it and I know he had a rough night that night because he couldn't settle and the next day I went in with my little bag you know make a little room and try to clear his stall that I can put the pads down and this horse literally begged me to put him on the pads yeah. because he had had so much stress that he was going like, oh my God, I have to, I have to be able to relax. And this particular stallion I have for quite a while and, and he stands with him every day. And I sometimes do some body work. Sometimes I just let the horse do. It always varies. I come up with new things. Like you say, I obviously embrace new things and want to hear what people have to say. Is there a way I could help more? And every time that horse gets off the pads, he will stretch that right hind leg out so far behind him, almost like a cat. And I've seen him before actually going down with his chest like a cat, like doing a cat stretch coming off the pads several times and one time he did that actually and stretched his right hind leg out behind him I, I thought he was going to fall wow. <laughs> but you can see the huge release so it's, it's been some great discoveries that way that's so interesting because the last time I, I came to your farm you were saying that you you only did it every other day with the horses um, and that you thought every day was became too familiar but it now it sounds like you've changed and you actually use them every single day well, I think one of the reasons it, it is because, as you know, I, I, I can't um, just stand there and not experiment. So I, I do, I'm not a body worker, but I, I do some body work on the horses the way I know how to do it, I'm releasing their necks. And, you know, I started to sway them a little back and forth. They weren't swaying. I started doing some tail pulls. I actually started doing some somatic leg lifts with them on the pads. And those challenges definitely have made a difference. So yeah. I, I really have had a, a good time with it, but really the horses have the good time. Yeah, so um, what I've done is uh, grabbed a bunch of photos that uh, you marked on Facebook. Um, we knew that Felicitas's internet connection wasn't strong enough to have her share her screen. So I've downloaded the pictures onto my computer. And That's so I'm- heart. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, no problem. Happy to help. Um, they're not in any order, Felicitas. So I think probably the best thing is to just put up a picture and then have you talk about what was going on there. I um, totally think I can do that. Okay, great. Two, two, two.
All right, so here's our first one, and this looks like you're in a stall. Yeah, this is actually at a horse show. And um, if I see this picture right, can you make it a little bigger? Or um, I, I remember it because you can see that I've worked on the diagonal here, of the right hind leg and the left front, but I can't quite see if the left hind is on the pad as well or not. Nope, it's just the right hind and the left front. So you're just doing the diagonal. Exactly. And I have felt, you know, as, as most people, when you work with horses, um, that they often have a diagonal that is not, doesn't work as well. Like I told this horse that he was not as aware of his right hind leg and that sometimes he would land on his left shoulder too heavy. And so in his case, I felt that supporting that diagonal um, this way would be a helpful way. Recently, Dr. Melissa King from Colorado State University did a lecture, um, I've forgotten the name of the group now, but um, they posted it up on Facebook. And she actually showed where there was a horse that when I picked up one hind foot, he had to move the front foot over. He had to move a foot over to stabilize. And then they put him on the pads and they could pick up the foot and he could stay square. And she was using that as a way to, the pads obviously as a way to help develop core strength. And so this idea, it's not uncommon to see that you go to pick up one leg and they have to move a diagonal leg. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that was something that I had, you know, discovered when I started doing the somatic leg lifts on the horses, how very frequently you couldn't put up one leg without them being able to move the other. And the better they got at it, it changed. Now we get it seen a little closer. Yeah, now I can yeah is that better? Closer. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, somebody, somebody gave me a little chat message that I had the wrong screen up. So thank you very much for that. And, you know, if I do that again, please let me know. It's really helpful to have somebody telling me what they see or don't see. <laughs> well, and they will see that I'm, I'm quite inventive. Like the, the, today I played with one horse and I ended up setting it up so that every foot had something different. And that was extremely interesting also. Let's see if I can, um, sometimes when I put up a picture, it shifts the screen share. So I'm just gonna stop it for a second. I'm gonna okay. just figure out the order to do this. Zoom's a little bit uh, That's funny about that. So this, this is actually uh, an Andalusian stallion that actually I talked about. He was the one who was begging for the pads. And you see me here at the show. And it was basically before I was gonna warm him up the first day, which I told you I've we trailer there and I could realize that the horses are not as, as stable when I put them on the pads as they were at home. And so it tells us how much or how tough a trip on a trailer can be. And also for the stallion, I like for them to relax. Of course, they always different when you get into an environment. And you see me, I do releases on the horses and there will be more pictures of that. And sometimes I have them to stretch down and, and release their neck. And so um, that's what I was doing in this picture. And you've, you've worked with all these horses with the stretches without the pads before you combine it with the pads, right? Yes. I mean, that's kind of putting the two different things that I do together. And I, I remember when you came the one time that the horses weren't as expressive as sometimes you see it when you go to other places. And part of that is that we already have so many modalities that help the horses to relax and to relax their necks and 
and they can stand on their own, they're not on top of you, and all of these things are very helpful when you introduce the pads. And but then sometimes it's not as dramatic when they first get on them. So right, because they're already uh, your horse is already used to paying attention, being aware of their bodies, listening to the, yeah. the what you ask. They're the you know when they've been with us for a while, they're in a good place. Yep. Mental. So someone's asked what the pads do, and um, the bottom line is we don't totally understand how the pads are working. Um, I've been doing this for over eight years now. Um, I discovered this in May 2012, and what we, what we know is what we see. We see that when you use the different surefoot pads, and they come in a variety of densities from very, very hard, which has no lateral instability, to very soft, which is really squishy like bedroom slippers, um, it's just like you starting an exercise program in that, you know, if you go to the gym and stand on a BOSU ball, you really have to figure out your balance. And so what we're doing here is, is bringing the horse's awareness to his foot. And of course that foot has to hold up the entire body and the horse becomes aware of his habits and they start to self-correct their own posture, behavior, and movement because they can find the ground in a different way. So um, there's varying densities uh, and depending on what's going on with that horse, which density we use. I've got a lot of videos on the, on the um, uh, YouTube channel and you can watch them, some are short, some are longer, that explain a little more about each of the individual pads and um, how you would choose. So rather than taking the time tonight, I'd really like to kind of um, stick with uh, more of what Felicitas has to say in terms of how she's applying this you know, yeah, maybe you can add though for that answer is that one of the things is that the horse is stabilized but if you if you know anything about the horse's behavior and you watch how a horse has not been exposed at all to the pads and they can put one foot on the pad and they start to chew and lick and yawn that's beyond just postural so i don't even know how to explain why that happens but there is something that the helps the horses to release in a way that's very hard to manufacture in any other way. So. Yeah, and um, I'll have Dr. Stephen Peters on later this week. He's a human neuropsychologist that has studied the horse's brain, written a book with Dar uh, Martin Black called Evidence-Based Horsemanship. And so I, I bring him on to help us understand how the brain works, but we're still, you know, there's, we haven't had the science to find out how this connection is actually happening. But the bottom line is we see these changes and so, um, they're, they're really positive and, um, hang on, I just got a text there, but I didn't think, I thought I had my text turned off. I do. <laughs> so I don't know how that happened. All right. So I'm just going to pull up another picture here. Um, let's see, close that one out. And that's the thing is, um, in the beginning people were, uh, you know, I mean, people thought I was crazy. Um, and, um, you know, would would be think I was peddling snake oil, and and I can understand that because I'm a scientist by training. And if someone had walked up to me and said, "I'm going to put your horse on a squishy pad, and all these marvelous things are going to happen," I would have thought they, that you know that person was kind of crazy. Um, but we've been doing this. I have people all around the world using surefoot pads. Veterinarians are now prescribing them as therapy and rehab. Um, you know, yeah. Felicitas is one of my. You know, she's been using these pads really hard and. 
Um, I'll never forget, Felicitas, when you put up a picture on Facebook of a horse standing on triple pads, and I was like, what are you doing? I know, I know, you had a heart attack, I know. Like, what is she doing? <laughs> yeah, I, I match crazy. So I can tell you why I was doing this and how I, how I came about that, is when I talked about horses being bored, sometimes when you have a fidgety horse and you challenge it, all of a sudden it start when you tell or like more than one pad on top of the other you all of a sudden get tension but i also particularly in this case um i had a horse that i wanted to be able to uh get a different awareness of the horse's front leg and we know that to get the horse's core and sling working and to get the front leg to have a different action how they have to open up in their neck how they have to stretch the nuchal ligament. So what we're doing here, we're stretching the horse down. So he gets the pull on the nuchal ligament. And because he's up a little higher in the front, his withers actually opens up. His spinal processes are getting a little more apart. And I want him to have that feeling what it's like. Sometimes um, when I ride a horse, I try to explain the feeling like I'd like for them to feel like they're looking over the edge of the cliff, but they're not falling down. And so when a horse has shorter front legs and wants to fall on the forehand and you get them to deep and sometimes they just all fall down the cliff. And I mean deep as in stretching and reaching. And so I wanted to see what it would feel like if I got him higher up and would get his neck to stretch down. Would he have a different feeling? And I have had on several horses a tremendous difference that I would pick up the reins and when they trotted out, they just had a whole different spring system in the front leg after I let them stand on the pads like that. And so that's what I wanted in this picture. Yeah, it was, uh, like I said, I came up and I wanted to see what you were doing because I had put two pads under a horse's foot and one horse, I had three, it was a barrel racing horse that was really stuck to the right. And he loved having three pads under his right front foot, but he didn't want that under his left front foot. And so I had occasionally stacked pads, but Felicitas was putting up all these pictures. So I, I drove up to the farm to watch. <laughs> but it was so cool. And, and since then, uh, you know, more people are playing with stacking. Obviously the horse has to be really comfortable with being on one pair of pads and then two before you get to three. Um, and it is a little harder on the pad, so. Um, yeah, I mean, I am, I, my, my pads are beaten. I, like I'm saying, I'm challenging somebody to it. They are beaten up, but they still are, they're still working. They're not as pretty as they were. I, I've saved the pretty pair that you had for me for, you know, special occasion. And maybe I need another pair because we have two sets in the arena every day. Um, but yeah, I, I clearly, when my horses have shoes on and some of my horses are big and heavy, one has to realize that the, the pads will get a beating, but. And you use, the, you use your pads how, uh, with how many horses a day? Probably, I mean, now we've reduced the number of horses for a while. It was almost 15 horses a day. Now it's maybe 10. 
So ten, ten, oh. these pads are seeing 10 horses a day for a variety of whether stacked or not stacked and, and length yeah. of time. That's, that's a lot of hard work on the pads. <laughs> I know, but now I have to make the math because now we have two sets of pads in the arena. So therefore, and then I can mix and match because sometimes I need more oranges or so, you know, so <laughs> I've, yep. I've got through metal. So yeah, this so is, my, it, this it is, is it's a lot of work on the pads, but that's the thing is they don't look pretty, but they do hold up. And, and Felicitas is the proof of that actually. Okay. This is my ultimate um, stacking. <laughs> and this basically, this horse was five years old when he came to me. Uh, Lusitano mix, and he was fidgety. He could not stand still one second. He just couldn't stand, period. And so we've struggled with the pads, and I always find that if a horse has trouble standing on him, it needs it that much more. So I, one day I said, this is it. I'm going to, he is the type that I said, I'm going to challenge him. So when I stack him that high, I want the front to be firm so the horse is stable and the back can be softer so it is can sway a little behind. So I have the firmest pads here. It's like green, purple, and then orange is the firmest on the top. And in the back, I have the blue and yellow. And once he stood on there, he stood like this for 10 minutes. I mean, this horse did not move and he, I mean, I'm not even holding the rein, and obviously there's somebody uh, taking the picture, but the horse said when the horse get into that stage, it's almost like they, they turn inward. It's like they're, 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 I don't know how you would say it, that well, there's an introspection and the, and I mean, here his ears are up and he's looking very bright, but I think what you're trying to say is you see how they start to check in with their internal world rather than being involved with their external world. Oops, did we he lose your sound? That calm and that relaxed was such a gift for him because he could find himself. So I, I found that just a fantastic moment. So I was glad I had this one on on the picture and also again for him it was helpful to find his front legs and to find more bounce in his front legs because he was hitting the ground very hard and and we know that it, the horse has to have a spring system in front as well the sling has to work right. they have to push off the ground they can't just push onto the ground and i think that was really helpful helpful for him there and when you stack them do you start with one layer and then add a second layer yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So someone's asked a question of how long do your horses, do you have the horses on the pad before you ride? And she says she sure, is, she sure it varies, the, but the kind of the average length of time for your pre-ride. Uh, I would say probably 10 minutes. And part of it is a little bit that I don't always do it myself. And so if the help brings them in earlier and they know how to put them on and they're actually quite good at it, and my ride takes a little longer. Well, then the horse was lucky. It got to take <laughs> longer on the pads, but an average of 10 minutes or so. And sometimes if one experiment, then it's longer, you know. Depending. Yeah, and, and I'm sure that when you start with a horse, if they want to step off sooner than that, you let them in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah. because the horses actually have to, um, 
Um, to be on them longer, again, like I've seen this with some horses that a very short time, depending on the horse, can be a lot because their, their internal muscles, their stabilizers really aren't strong. Um, yeah. Yeah. So here you've got the, the firm uh, slants behind and the hard slants in front, but you have them turned around. Yeah, and basically with this horse, I usually start the other way around with the wedge that the heel is raised, and this horse is always heavier on his toes. And so I thought I'll I let him first relax and release with his toes downward a little bit more. And then I turn them around to the opposite to see, can I get you the idea what, it's, what it would feel like to put a little bit more weight on your heel? And he actually liked that a lot. And I actually later ended up, you know, his belly's hanging down. I want to take my finger and pick it up a little. But that's <laughs> what I would do a little bit too. I would stretch his neck down then and, and raise his belly up a little. Brooks. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's so much about, um, and I, I think you're really, really good at this, at uh, experimenting and trying an idea and then listening to the horse to hear how he responds to the experiment. Yeah, and I think I go through phases where I, I want to do too much, and then I realize that sometimes I have to step back and watch, and you can't hurry it. So I go through phases where I want to, I want to do, and, and go like, no, no, it has to be, uh, a partnership so yep so here's this is just, uh, another picture yes yeah. and that again this was away from home at a horse show and so you know we try to kind of sweep the uh, shavings away and in, in this case it was just a simple stack because again after coming from the trip and the trailer ride sometimes just having standing on four pads is all they need like you said not always not every day has to be the same thing and this is just a you know a basic setup a little firmer in front a little softer behind and um sort of to reset them after the trailer ride um do you find that some horses have like a consistent pattern on what they want um well, you know that they res they respond, and I think they respond once you understand what the horse's problems are. They respond logically in a way. Um, so I get a great release out of stacking them up in front. I don't know if you have a picture, but I, I have sometimes stacked them up three behind. Which oh, wow. I, I'm not sure I've seen a picture of that. And I tell you, it was totally counterintuitive. And I'm going like, that's not what we want because we want to go uphill. It was amazing how it helped that horse. So wow. I have to think outside of the box a little. And it's not always what we think is the obvious is maybe the one that's the right one. And again, if the horse doesn't like it, he tells me right away he's not going to stay. So. Right. And that um, someone said, sometimes not often when I use by the pads, my horse uh, steps off multiple times in a row. I've been interpreting that as the pads aren't right for him that day and I stop and try again the next day. Do you agree with that approach, Felicitas? Or as um, you, uh, that's kind of, she's, she's seeing that like some horses some days want pads longer and other horses, other days they yeah, don't. I think, I think there is truth to that, but I also think that sometimes you, it depends on the horse's personality. 
sometimes there's some horses that want to walk all over you and they have a day where they have no patience and they're just walking all over you. And often I feel like once they understand that they have to stand in their own space and I put the pads under them, that in general they stay. So my new horses that don't know that you can stand on your own and you know I want to take a step away, I do it often alone. I, that I, and when somebody helps me, I'm telling them you got to hold them, but not hold them. You got to step away and let the horse has to to stay there. And so that um, I find once the horse is in in that mental state that it can stand by itself, I don't very often see that they don't want to stand on the pads. Right. And then somebody said, you know, my horse doesn't want to get off after 15 minutes. Yeah, um, they don't. I get it. <laughs> I, I hear you. It's more dragging them off it. Uh, just to, that's what happens to me. Yeah. Um, and, and again, the duration is so much dependent on the horse and what's going on. Like if the horse is very weak or not well, you want to keep your duration shorter. Just like if you started an exercise program and somebody asked you to work on your stability for too long, the next day you could wind up sore. So felicitous horses are in work, they're in training, um, and so yeah, sure that you're taking that into consideration. Like when you start with a young horse felicitous, um, you know, that, that is new to you, that's come into your barn, yeah, um, yeah. I'm sure that you um, work with them more gradually. Yeah, I mean, I actually find that the horses in general take to them very quickly. But like I just tried to mention before, if I have certain things in order, like leading techniques, you got to be well. Oops, we lost your sound. Oh, we lost your sound, Felicitas. mental frame and then I, I don't think it's actually that much of a challenge. So your sound cut out a little bit. Do you want to just kind of rephrase that again? Mm, okay. Uh, basically, when I have the young horse, I want to make sure that all of the leading skills are there. So the horse doesn't run all over me and I do some releases of the neck so that the horse can come in and be soft and round. Even in the halter, the horses have to respond to pull pressure from me. And then I introduce them to the pads and it's amazing how quickly they take to them. And they're happy to stand on them. And you know, in the beginning when a horse is new to it, then most likely the session will be five minutes or 10 minutes and then, you know, later you can build maybe with the challenges. All right, so I've got another picture here. This, this horse, this was a mare I'm talking about this. She was very bossy and she would, literally she couldn't walk behind you. She had always to be ahead. And at first she didn't want to have the time of day to stand on these things until she realized that she could stand on her own. And then that's how she would be there every morning, um, standing in her corner, relaxing. And it, it gave her so much relaxation afterwards. You just started with a different horse when you would get on. So, you know, I've, I've um, been talking to people about polyvagal theory. And I think there's this connection between the anxiety and the nervous horse and the horse that won't stand 
and vagus nerve. And bottom line is vagus nerve wants to know they're safe. And there's something about the pads that seems to help the horses feel safe. Yeah. This is, oh, this is a nice, okay, we're gonna pop this picture up. Um, so here, I've taken the horse with me to the expo in Harrisburg, so crazy place. Their carriage is going on, the pony's going around, this horse knows his pads, and he is actually a, a spooky horse. And you see him there and you see, I mean, I've, he knows to release his neck. And he stood there and again, he's up in front on three pads and then two, in, two behind. And he's relaxing his neck and all the commotion around him did not bother him. So like you said, something makes him feel safe on those pads. Yeah. And um, I've had stories about a horse in Germany, a Grand Prix horse, where um, the groom goes, stands ringside with the blue pad and the horse comes into the arena and sees the blue pad and lets down and goes and does his test. So. That's funny. Well, I, I have done, and we'll see some other pictures where I have taken the pads in a different location where the horse wasn't confident and outdoor arena or to a new arena and I literally put them on the pads next to that arena and yeah. just let him observe, let him take it all in and it can help tremendously. So I think this gets the cute picture. <laughs> yeah, the best. I couldn't resist. So here, here, and it's two in front, look at that. I stacked her up too, I couldn't help myself. And I put the owner on it too, because she was new and I was trying to show her what these pads did. So she's standing on the green pads and then the, the two, two hind legs are on the yellow wedge. Okay. And this little mare loved the pads as well, which was just priceless. So adorable. So I always tell people it doesn't matter the weight of the horse. Um, and clearly that's what this picture demonstrates. Horse is a horse. Horse is a horse. Yep. All right, let's see what I've got here. Oh, this is a do -do -do. Okay. So here is like some of the things I call this the cuddle where I'm have the horse released his neck down. You can see my right hand is behind the scapula, right where the spine comes along. And then my left hand is kind of making it lengthen his neck and I'm right under his atlas right there actually. And I help him, allow him to stretch. And if you can see from the side, you can see how much he opens up his, his jaw area. And I think it frees up the hyoid a little and the horses literally are in a trance. Often they put their forehead right on, like here it's on my leg or on my chest, and they just melt and they can stand there for such a long time. But I do that to both directions because I do think it helps the horse to understand, you know, lateral flexion in the, in the neck to, to pick up the shoulder and actually lengthen the outside a little. So um, that's what I use it for. And this was also at a horse show, if you could, Zoom into the back, the saddle standing on the aisle and stuff. Uh, yes, see on the right, you can see a little saddle stand. Yeah. So, and the horses and, feel nice, soft in the neck when I get it on. And the challenge of being able to, like I tell people that on a thousand pound horse, the head weighs 40 pounds, the head and neck weighs 100 pounds. And yeah. so often you'll see when they move their head, they, they actually lean. Yeah, 
Yeah, and here, this is so lovely because you can see the arc right through the spine, Absolutely. so weight distribution is Absolutely. beautiful. Yeah. That's what, that's what the beauty is about that. Certainly, the, the horse is still balanced within himself using his neck that way. And yeah. I think, you know, for people who haven't worked with these pads, if you just stand and observe and you would look at the horse's pecs, how they constantly are working, you see that the, the, the core has to work to stabilize. Yeah, and, uh, and the whole front end, the thoracic sling, really is getting a workout. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you ever use the pads afterward as a cool down or, or post-exercise? Um, actually, not. Because I feel like once the horse is done, I like to cool them out and walk. And then I think they're done. I, I, but maybe it would be a, as a reward because they sure like them enough. Well, and we do have people using them post-exercise um, in, and one of the places where I think it would be fabulous is like in your barrel racing horses and your Western disciplines because they, they exert such a tremendous amount of effort and then they yeah. hang. And I think that- I could would be, see that, I could see. Yeah. But, you know, most of what, what I do with my horses is just really improving their basic way of self-carriage. So it's, they don't get as much pounding. Right. But those horses that, like you said, with the trailer, and that's the other places when a horse is trailered is to offer the pads to let go of, you know, just the tension from Absolutely. dealing with the Absolutely. vibration. Absolutely. Yeah. So here that was one of the new things that I've played with. And, and, and again, like, like you said, I'm so curious. I reach out to people when, when they've made discoveries of how to help their horses. And I read in the Chronicle that Sarah Hassler, with a horse that she wanted, Devon, at Prince St. George and I won, Benito, I guess it's the horse's name or something like that, or Pomito or something. They, they, I know he had had soundness issues and it took him a long time to get him back in the ring. And they had made a comment that they had this routine that uh, the vets in, I think Colorado, they went and that gave them and the horse had to do this routine every day and one of the parts of the routine was different tail pulls which i really liked and incorporated in my work but the other one was to put the horse on like a little stool and step stool on one side and let the other hind leg hang and it is actually interesting to me how much the horses like that being able to extend that leg straight down yeah, because we can see the hock height here is quite different, but the angle of the hock is obviously quite different because his foot's basically on the ground, right? It's on the ground. So I really should have taken a picture more from the side. So all of this, everything is really stretched out, but in a relaxed way. And of course, if you take a picture from behind, his right side would be dropped. He's, you know, he's, he can drop his hip and uh, and and so forth. So it must feel good on the SI. Yeah, because somebody actually just asked a question about, um, would you discuss how you integrate surefoot pads in back and SI rehabilitation? And I think this is a great example. Yeah, that would be probably how I would approach some of that, yeah. yeah. And I can, you can start that. I started that first with having the two orange ones or the firmest ones. So that's, that's pretty high. And you can put the blue one under the right or, or the yellow, the blue is the softest so that he's maybe a little more supported, but he's uneven, you know. 
And it's not unusual to see a horse stand uh, one foot squarely on a pad with the back foot and then really cock the other foot and, and drop the whole side, the hip all the way yeah. through into yeah. the lower back. So that's not uncommon to see that. Let's see what else we have here. Uh, oh, this is another picture. This was that time when I came up and you, um, to see what you were up to. I took a series of pictures. Yeah, I was up to lots of things. <laughs> um, but again, you've got him, and I, these were some prototypes that I gave you because they're three inches thick. Yeah. I can tell they're thicker than the normal ones. Exactly, I like those, I like those. Oh, uh, do you? I've got some more. <laughs> this, yeah, I could, I could have all of that. And this actually was also a horse that couldn't move his front legs out of the way. And he was the first one. I mean, he was, um, he was showing intermediate too, and he just didn't have the fanciest trot. He had a nice calf, he had a nice passage, but his front legs were just limited. And if you tried to just push him more, it, it wouldn't, negative tension wouldn't make him more from more, and was also not the point. But it was very, very, very helpful for him. Yep, yeah, and you've got him on um, double, doubled behind, it looks like, uh, soft and and uh, I can't fun. see the rear end. So yeah. um, I think I've got another picture here. Let me just oh. move over and let's see yeah. what I got. Just when we're looking at now, because okay. I do want to tell a story about the the double behind the the blue and yellow. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure I got that one off. I had some trouble with some of the pictures, but I'm going to show you this one because this is yeah. just so that people see how you go about stacking. Yeah, see, exactly. That's him. That's uh, making him taller in the in the front. Now I'm putting the purple on top of the orange. Yep. And so you've yeah, actually got, because those are three inches, five inches, you've got seven inches there in front. I tell you, he loved that. He yeah. loved that. He trotted, he trotted off so differently. It was just amazing. Yeah. And so it's so much about... Uh, what I tell people is to listen to your horse and be willing to experiment. And, you know, I... I Every day I get an email saying, how should I do this? And what yeah. should I do with my horse? And it's so into, um, so much about being with the horse in the moment rather than trying to do a formula. Intuition, yeah. Yeah. And you only gain that by experimenting and watching the horses. And if you really start to pay attention to them, they show you which pad they want, how long, which density. Just... And, and you're not going to break them. Right. I mean, that's the whole point. It's not like you're going to ruin something. So again, it just shows, you know, the horses, they will get on and they will stand on their own and they will just stand there. And the reason I'm showing this picture is I'm just showing people where you started, or I think maybe yeah. I was working with this horse um, because we went from this to, you know, he's actually the, the yeah, he, He's the white horse that you saw at the horse show there that I had on the... But sometimes, you know, we have a day where we just do some desensitizing and we'll just play with a cowboy halter. And so that could have been that too. Well, we actually, um, I have a little video of him here. And um, let me just get this up. Because we haven't talked about the pods at all yet. Yeah. Um. But here he is. I think you were riding at this point, and I was um, working with him. And yes, I remember you were there. Yeah, exactly. I do remember yeah. that. 
And so um, we haven't shown any pictures of pods yet, but I have other, other videos and I've shown some others. And they're little half domes. They're about seven inch diameter and they have nubbies on them. Um, yeah. And you have to be able to target the foot a little bit more when you start with the pods. Um, but here you can see that this horse is on four pods. I actually have one picture too from my stallion on the four pods. I haven't played with them in a while. I need to do that again. Yeah, the pods are so fascinating because you can have a horse where, well, this happened when I was uh, with Hillary Clayton at MSU is we were doing pads and we had the horse on the force plates and the kinematics. And he, I mean, the horse was liking the pads, but when we put the pods underneath the front feet, that horse yawned like crazy yeah, and it yeah. just happened once and then it was done. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's something a little different about the pods. Yeah, I need to, I need to get them out again. Yep, because they're air filled, they push up a little more. So they give the horse a different feedback, but you can yeah. see how much he's swaying here. Yeah. And you know, he knows he can walk off any time. You see yes. the, the facial expression, the, the lips, yeah. and these are some of the things you yeah. can't necessarily see in the still photos, but that little head twitch, the eye blinks, the neck lowering, the muzzle movements. Um, yeah. and, and people, they talk about looking at the facial expressions when someone's had a stroke and when they're recovering, they look for these kind of facial muscle movements. Yeah, um, interesting. Yeah. yeah, he's pretty cool. Hey, Val. <laughs> so let's see, I think I have, um, I think I have another picture of pods here. So talking about the swaying, be, you know, and the swaying behind, I'm convinced that the one horse that I have right now who really had a hard time even for a really nice body worker works with him and she could tell that he would have a hard time shifting the weight from one leg to the other. Oh, here we have the pods stacked up on top of... Yeah, on pads. Yeah, yep. figure it out. It me. <laughs> so as you can see, there's, there's only guidelines. Um, the rules are keep your hand away from the hoof and listen to your horse, but the rest of it is all guidelines. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. I, 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 remember, I didn't remember this one. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And you can see he's on pods behind. And one of the things I like about the pods is that as the horse, depending on how he loads his foot, the, the pods will slide or the foot will slide. And here you can see that his foot slipped yep. back. But the yep. horses don't get disturbed by it. And the thing that's know. really good about it is it yeah. brings their attention and then they change how they stand on the pods. Literally, the next time they put their foot in a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're also aware that, oh, I can't let it slide forward. Yeah, they, they literally yeah. start changing how they load and they start loading through the bony column of the leg is the way I think of it, the way they should. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's straight on instead of, yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm just looking to see what other pictures I have here that we haven't looked at. That would be interesting. But yeah, the story I wanted to share that I started to talk about was the horse that I had on the pads in the back on the blue and yellow, and he had trouble shifting weight from one leg to the other to get to do a nice piaf. And when he started to sway himself and he started to learn to put weight from one foot on the other staying relaxed, I know it opened the door for me. Wow. Yeah, the, the swaying so fascinating. And we, um, I don't know that anybody fully understands what's happening, but the horses, for in the way I've seen it, I actually have a video of a horse swaying incredibly. Um, 
to me, it's like they're experimenting how they're shifting their weight and they're learning how to load and unload. Um, and that's so fascinating, Felicitas, that you saw that change. Yeah. Yeah. No, I believe that that really helped them. And I will step gently behind them. I don't know if you have that picture there, but I will yeah, gently. I, um, I might be able to find it somewhere else. Hang on. <laughs> so. I, I, I downloaded all the pictures and then I had them on my other computer. And when I went to find them on my laptop, they were just PDF files that I couldn't open. So um, I had to anything too for people when they sit on them. And do you ever put your students on the pads? You mean on foot or yeah. with them? On foot. Absolutely. I put the students on the pads. Um, but I like also putting the student on the horse on the pad. Yeah, uh, actually, I'm not going to be able to find that picture right now. So um, I do that quite a bit. And I don't know about you, but for me, one of the reasons I want the student to be on the horse when the horse is on the pads is I want the student to feel the, all the different changes that the horse makes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, so often people want to pigeonhole their horse into, oh, my horse always, or, you know, that's yeah. just the way he is. Yeah. And I don't think that's true. I mean, I have one horse, the story that I would like to share because I think that was pretty cool that I gave it, it was at a clinic situation and the horse came in, young horse, and he had been in the environment once and I kind of did a little lunging and keeping the head down, but now I had the pads. I literally put him on the pads and he took to them right away. He stood on the pads for 10 minutes I walked him off, he behaved like an old schoolmaster. Then the owner lunged him for a second, like an old schoolmaster. And then she got on, I put him back on the pads for 10 minutes and she had a great ride. I mean, it was just amazing. And that horse had the, the capability of being very upset or high or anything. It just put him in the right mood, which was fantastic. I mean, it was just an incredible tool. And yeah. the other thing that I wanna share that I've seen um, with them. When I go and I see older horses that don't have any springs in the leg anymore, sometimes in a clinic situation, I've seen miracles of old horses moving off those pads, standing on them for a long time. And maybe our lesson was half an hour standing on the pads and 15 minutes trotting. But those 15 minutes trot would be completely different than the horse had moved in years. And I think for some horses, it really can turn the clock back. So I believe that they are incredibly helpful in that way as well. Yeah. It, it, you know, I'm, I'm still amazed. I've been doing this for eight years now. And I, I'm, I'm still amazed when I watch a horse on the pads and when I watch them walk off. And, and it's like they've been waiting for us to just figure it out, you know, yeah. Yeah. give them a new connection to the ground. And yeah. um, I, it's, it's, uh, it's really interesting because uh, it's taken over my life. <laughs> I believe that, but it's, a, it's, it's wonderful. But it's really, yeah, it's really terrific. And it's, it's so wonderful to have someone at your caliber, your level of training and riding, recognizing the value. And, and you have been um, so generous to expose other people and take them to your clinics and share your knowledge. And it's, it's just been a real pleasure to, to watch. What oh, you're I just, I wish more people would be curious. A lot of people are curious. I wish more were. Yeah, um, we, we tend to want to keep things in a box and kind of um, worry about, do I do it right or is this wrong? And, and with Surefoot, there's no right or wrong. I mean, it's, it's about 
just being childlike and experimenting and playing with it. And, and you have just done that uh, yeah. in a yeah. way that's really just a, a pleasure. To oh, it's been a blast. And, and like you've been so kind and given some to my sister and my cousin. So we have some Schufer pads in Israel and more in Germany and they share their, you know, experiences. So which is great. That's great. Well, we're, we're coming about to the end of the hour here. If anybody has any last questions for Felicitas, just pop them in the chat. Otherwise, thank you so much for joining us. Um, yes. You can find this and all my other webinars on my YouTube channel, Surefoot Equine. Um, please join Fans of Surefoot or the Surefoot Facebook page. Um, if you want to get the emails that list all the people I'm going to have for the webinars for the week, just go to my uh, website, murdochmethod.com, and join my email list. Um, every weekend I publish who I'm going to have for my guests for the next week. I have guests all the way through into May. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's just been really fantastic. And um, I've got a couple people coming back. Sharon Wilsey's going to join me for a third time um, because hopefully she'll be able to show us the videos that she wanted to show us the second time. Um, and Felicitas, thank you so much for joining me this evening. Well, thanks for having me. And I'm glad everybody came and joined us. Yeah. All right, so until next time, thank you so much and uh, be safe and stay well. Yeah, you too. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.